You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike, Pensacon, New Jersey. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. I need your help. The word spire. What, what just, I, know, I know what this means, but I'm just trying to get you talking. What, what is a spire? Like the t- yeah, the top of a, like a pointy thing, right? Now here's the part I need the help on. Is it connected to inspiration and aspiration? The word the word spire is, is is it like the aspiration of the building? I really don't know. Anyone know? Somebody Google it. Go- Google the etymology of spire. I wanna. I feel like it should be connected, but I'd be really happy and sad at the same time if they weren't connected. If it was like yes, through French and some other thing. Anybody Googling? Scott's actually Googling. Etymology? Etymological? The, philo- the philological? <laughs> Etymology is a synonym for philology. And uh, C.S. Lewis was a philologist. Okay, these are all the words I know. I don't know what Spire's etymological etiology is. I'm just filling this this, this time with sounds while we get the answer. Yeah. Okay. So it's related to like the German word spar, I guess, or the old English spear, but uh, tall, slender stem of a plant related to German's spear. It is different. It's not. It doesn't have to do with the, the spire of inspiration and, and, uh, and aspiration, which has to do with spirit and breath. That's cool. I like that. I was hoping that the buildings were, were, were aspiring, and that might be what the, the, the Christian churches were doing because they were, they were stretching themselves out towards God. That was wrong. That was good to know. Uh, but I think that's what the, the church, us, ought to do. And, and what uh, Pentecost makes possible is that, that, that aspiration, that stretching, which has nothing to do with the spire in architecture, uh, be, uh, it's received, it, it's met. The stretching up that we have is met by God, I guess if we're going to go with this kind of spatial, dynamic with God, God stretching down. But of course we know that God isn't up there. Uh, and again, Pentecost is the place where we know for sure that God is actually right here and in here, definitely on a, a lateral plane. Maybe, maybe some kind of dimensional difference, I don't know, but certainly not up there. The, the aspiration of stretching up is just what can we think of that's bigger than the sky? You know, that's that, that's why uh, we might reach up to God, and probably why the ancients put most of their gods in the sky. <sighs> that big stuff. But Pentecost is about us being that big stuff, us being inhabited by God. We were telling the story in in uh, in, in a song that, that we wrote about Acts two. We were there sitting in our house and we weren't drunk or anything, but this crazy thing happened. 
Have you ever, uh, do you have a friend that tells really crazy stories about their intoxication? Like this is their favorite, like this is their favorite thing to tell? I was so drunk, you know? You, you, you know these people. Uh, and apparently they're really proud of their, their capacity for intoxication and, and their capacity to remember it, I suppose. But in the story of Pentecost, you know, that this loud wind comes, the wind comes through and this fire comes and people are talking and, and, and they don't really understand how, but, you know, the people from Catalan are, are you Catalan? Yeah, the people from Catalan are, are understanding and the people from Italia are understanding and the, the people from, uh, where, where else do I know where people are from? The McGowans, the, the, the Gaelic are understanding. Um, yeah. Um, so people are understanding and in their native tongues and, and it's just wild. You know, Jesus promises this comforter and it's a strange comfort that comes. It's this wild story, uh, that, that people immediately, you know, it gets preserved. People immediately say, yo, these people are drunk. This is, they're just not making any sense. Uh, and Peter stands up. In, in, in front of the 11, you know, he's one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. And they, they've been waiting for this promised moment. They've been waiting for the relief, for this comfort that Jesus promised. And they say, oh, this is it. Might not be exactly what I expected, but this is it. And Peter gets up and makes this big speech about who Jesus is and what's happening right now. This is something that we've been waiting for since a long time ago. He quotes the prophet Joel, who had written hundreds and hundreds of years ago about the day of the Lord. And he's saying, this is it. God is coming to us right now. This is the day of the Lord. These people are prophesying. They're seeing visions. They're, uh, the Holy Spirit is being poured out upon your sons and daughters. All of this very beautiful hope that Joel, the prophet from way back when, had said, is coming to pass right now. And I want to think with you about what Peter's doing there when he stands up and he addresses people of Israel. That moment when he's naming what's happening is what I want to talk about tonight. And, and, and what's going on inside of him and what might be going on inside of us when we name things. Um, so... If you were to, um, maybe if you know anything about Peter, you know, would you say that you're kind of like Peter or not at all like Peter? That's a real, a real question. And some of you might not know anything about Peter and that's fine. But based, those of us that know something about Peter, tell us a little bit about like why you're like Peter or not. And if you don't have enough context, he's the guy that stands up and says, hear people of Israel. That's the kind of guy he is. This is, this is a quintessential Peter moment. Is that like you or no? I guess like maybe prior to that, I'm probably more like Thomas. A little more uh, wait and see how it lines up. Peter just jumps in, does it a lot. He speaks, he acts before he thinks. I'm more of a thinker. Thinker, 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 then act. <laughs> it's good to, yeah, it's good to know how you are. I mean, you don't have to be that way forever, and you might be wrong about who you are too. But I think it's important to, 
get a handle on what's going on inside of you because we do, I do want us eventually here to be thinking about our aspirations, and that, that starts with, with where we're at right now. I, I admire him for that. Yeah. Someone else. Maybe, maybe you're getting a handle on even he what the question a, is. He has a protracted disagreement with Paul, right? It happens over the years. Yeah. Paul yeah. calls him out. Yeah. yeah. He kind of like calls his own, and it's like he's willing to have a big conflict. You see that? That's you. <laughs> yeah. I can see that, definitely. <laughs> Although, if you ask Paul, Peter was dead wrong. Then that's how it goes down in Galatians. Yeah, probably, yeah. Been wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> One more person. What do you think? Of, what do you think about your if you're like Peter or not? Peter is not the best person. So if you're not like Peter, that's okay. Kendra. Your boiling point is Petrine. Petrine is a uh, adjective for Peter. Um, Your boiling point is a little yeah, Peterish. Like it's not good, but like that's that's where I'm at when I make a big statement. Mm-hmm. Not a joyful announcement, but more like the this is my breaking point. Marcus. Oh, I think Peter would be good. Like early in the in the crisis. Did you say Peter was a drunk? I mean, it sounds like it, but uh, I don't remember. I don't remember the part where he was actually drunk in the Bible. Uh, wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, he's kind of a rash guy, uh, and it seemed that Jesus needed a, a brash guy at the head of his movement because they were going to have to step to immediate detractors. This, this amazing, inexplicable thing happens. And the question is, you know, what does this mean? What does this mean? Someone might say. Yeah, someone might say that you've had a little too much to drink if you're saying this is the Holy Spirit. You know? Sp- the Spirit's shop is where you get drunk. You know? like there, there, There's a connection there. There's a... It seems that there's... Uh, you know this this inexplicable thing. Uh, we want to we want to control it. We want to case it up, and we want to make sense of it. And I think the Christian response is that we move with it, but we're not gonna we're not. It's it's uncontainable. It's a wildfire. It it's it's not gonna get tidy anytime soon. And it's much easier. To make to, to kind of shut things down, to make them tidy, to deny them. You know, the, these people had just witnessed like a crazy thing. What is the sound? 
what is that stuff over their heads? Um, why do I understand them? I'm from out of town. I, I speak their language, but they're talking in my in my my heart language. They're talking in my mother tongue, and I and I and I can hear it, you know. And yet, nah, they must be drunk. That is much that that computes, right? That, I I want, I prefer answers like that often, right? That 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 actually fit my experience, and I think that's what we are most comfortable with. In general, that, that's a human thing. It's actually what makes humans amazing, is that they are able to form patterns and expect something to happen. That's what our big brains do. They're supercomputers that can make sense of this very complex uh, reality that we live in. And that they, can't, they don't take it all in all the time. They expect things and follow patterns and uh, you know shape uh, a, a picture of of the world that is conceivable and so when the inconceivable happens when something brand new happens it's hard for it to get in right it's hard for it to get in um but peter is ready to go with it he's ready to say nope this is it this is what we've been waiting for and he makes this connection which he doesn't have to make what peter does when he says, this is the Holy Spirit. You know, it's Acts 2. And anyone who's at all familiar with the Bible knows, yeah, that was when the Holy Spirit came. Well, was it? Or was that when everyone, you know, had a collective delusion and then they all got drunk? <laughs> you know, something happened. There's events that happened, but there's no kind of voice from heaven or sign on the event. You know, it's not a comic strip where it says, this was the Holy Spirit. Life isn't like that. We, we, we interpret what happens? We we take our experience and we apply, we assign it meaning. And Peter's right there to assign the meaning. He's right there to say, listen, this is what's happening. You've been waiting for this, people of Israel. And it's now. Take it in. Don't miss it. Because it's so easy to miss it, isn't it? So easy to miss what's actually happening. That's why uh, I was inspired uh, when I started cells here in South Jersey to do this thing we called the God check. Now a lot of cells that have come out of my cell parenthood have, have, have also taken this as their way of doing their cell meetings as well. We gotta check to see what God is doing. Our expectation is that God is doing something. And we ask the question because we think there is an answer. And we're assigning meaning. To, uh, to what is happening in our lives. But a lot of it is very tenuous, you know? And the people that come that aren't that into God, you know, it, it might be the first thing that they're ready to kind of go with. Okay, I get this. If I like it, it's from God. <laughs> Which might not be exactly the right thinking, but I think it, it works to, to start relating. And that's what I'm going for. Trying to have a relationship with my life, trying to have a relationship with the source of life, who is God. So we say, what's God doing in our life this week? Did anybody in a cell that has asked that question before? Has, every, has everyone, everyone had, had that question in the cell? Good. I don't know if we need to do anything else in our cell meetings. Uh, and sometimes our cell meeting, that's all we do. And we don't have time to do much else but pray for each other. Because there's all, God's been doing a ton of stuff. <clears throat> but I think that's a miracle. It's a very mundane miracle. 
but to see God, to name it, and to move with that assignation of meaning is, uh, it's miraculous. So back to aspiration. When Peter is saying, hey, people of Israel, this is what's happening. You know, it's a pretty aspirational thing. You know, he's kind of stepping up into the, the, the job that he's been given. This is his first play as the big guy in the Jesus movement. And he doesn't balk. He steps up. He's trying to do something big. He's trying to make something work. And it worked big that day. You know, the rest of the story is that within the week, 3,000 people were part of his movement. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> much, much, much more uh, um, successful, so to speak, than, than I could imagine, and probably he could imagine either. Um, but I want to talk about the interplay between his aspiration and his inspiration. He's trying to do something. He's trying to make something happen when he gets up there. He has an idea about what he wants to make happen. He wants people to understand. He wants people to assign the same meaning to this event that he is assigning to it. He's convincing people. He wants to make them uh, into disciples of Jesus because he thinks that's what's going to transform the world. He has aspirations about this moment when he stands up in front of the 11 and he says, people of Israel. It's an aspirational move. But he's not by himself. He's inspired to do this too. Because I can't, I don't know, maybe he'd been writing the speech for a while. You know, no, like trusting Jesus' promise that something was going to happen and, and he'd need to respond about it. I doubt that. I think he kind of lived inside of the scripture. He studied a lot. Jesus was always spilling scripture out of his mouth. And so Peter was following suit. And, and so he goes to Joel. He thinks this is what we've been waiting for. And he has this inspired speech about what's happening. And so there's this, this mashup of aspiration and inspiration. He wants to do something and God inspires him to do the thing that he wants. It's this correlation it's a, it's a causation and it's not, you know, he wants to do it. He's taking a step out and God's going with him, but then also God's pushing him. The Holy Spirit is, is, is making him do it. Maybe, maybe overcoming his fear because he was scared before, you know, he didn't, when he denied Jesus three times, you were saying, you know, uh, it's, it's a both and I, I want to talk about this, this tension and this cooperation of our aspiration and God's inspiration. Inspiration, inspiritation, Holy Spirit embodiment. That's what the Holy Spirit coming means, is that we now live with the Holy Spirit in us. And so now what we want to do is all colored, I guess, or, or um, filled up with Holy Spirit and it's harder to tell what was my idea and what wasn't. Have you ever had an idea that felt 
like it wasn't totally yours? Can you, is it intelligible? Can you tell us about it? Where you felt like something was happening that you would say was inspired? Or maybe you saw it happen in someone else? Tell us a story. Starting this meeting. <clears throat> Tell us a story more than not. I didn't, yeah. I, uh, uh, I was, uh, was right at Finley's Ward. He was a few months old. And I remember being with him in my room. And uh, he probably had just thrown up on me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there was any aspiration in there too? Oh yeah. yeah. How about personal ambition? You know, kind of rhetorical question, but does don't those uh, mixed motives uh, adulterate your experience of the Holy Spirit? Doesn't that negate any claim? I that's a good question, and for me, uh, no, because I I kind of don't care. I, I kind of know that it's I'm never going to get something that I can, that is completely out of my ability. Never gonna be, I don't think there's never going to be a moment where something happens and I just have no way to rationalize it away. I'm going to go to rationalize anything away. And so I kind of just don't care anymore. And I was sort of at that point then where, yeah, yeah, it is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I'm go with that. I think you're right, Ben. And now I'm going to argue with past Ben and say, nah, what if it, what if it wasn't? I'm arguing with past Ben, and you're defending past Ben and past Pat. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm saying, nah, what? Nah, it wasn't. You, you guys were drunk. Um, we were drunk. Maybe it wasn't, but we're going to do it anyway. Let's go. Let's do it. It's a risk not to do it. It's a risk to do it. Sounds like a good risk. Let's go. All right. I'm not, I'm not trying to get into it anymore, man. I'm just ready to go, you know? <laughs> Sounds a little Petery. What other inspiration? Might not even, you might not even have an experience of it being the Holy Spirit. You could have been inspired to do, and you, you haven't had that language for it yet. People use the word inspiration in all kinds of traditions. Yeah, Marcus. Yeah, I 
So I had um, called up one of my friends. I was like, hey, like, what if like Kevin like edits a newspaper? And I was like, well, more specifically, like, what if like we did something like for like a like a newspaper that was like run by some of the uh, some of the you know, people that were homeless in Kevin? He's like, yo, like I've really wanted something like that for a long time now. And I was like, what a correlation? <laughs> story short, um, that conversation started for, and continued for a few years, and then, you know, like five years later, you know, I'm hearing about a lot of bloggers that are, like, in Camden, writing about their own stuff, their experiences in the city, there's a new nonprofit that just started in Camden now for, you know, telling stories of what's going on in the city, and I don't know if that was really, like, I don't know if it was God that was part of that, but I it just seemed very serendipitous to me that, you know, I was having these conversations and then all of a sudden it just kind of blossomed into this larger conversation in the community about people sharing their experiences from, you know, from, the, from their own sort of eyes, um, you know, living in the city. So that I felt really, really inspired by that. So you got into something that was bigger than yourself. You kind of lined up in some kind of flow of, of, energy around this idea and it's gone somewhere and you were you were a part of it um again connecting it to at your aspiration i mean you're a journalism major were you trying I was, to i was an urban studies major like i'd never taken a journalism class ever in my life um, but then you started taking them or never because you've talked to me about journalism I took, before yeah I would say Camden still needs a newspaper. I read all my stuff on like six ABC about Camden. It's all terrible. You know, there's not enough. There's not like any real reporting. I'm, I can get behind that. My friend Matt Scoofless uh, does hyperlocal reporting on like 08106 and 08107 and uh, maybe we could and it's by subscription you know it's just uh, he gets people to pay I actually just pay to get I told him I was going to pay one time Matt listen to this on the internet I told him I told him I, I signed up on his website for a one time payment of $25 and it just keeps automatically uh, oh, you know like I, I did not do I did not authorize that <laughs> <laughs> but I keep letting it happen because, you know, what a $25 every quarter. I can handle that for independent journalism. Yeah, I mean, but back to your question you know, about like my own personal aspirations and things like There's a part of me that wishes that I had done something myself. But then there's another part of me that was kind of glad that it became something that was bigger than me because I think that that was really like the whole purpose of one of them. But it wouldn't be bad if it were about you, would it? Uh, I don't know. If you were in it, if it were about us, maybe, and whatever the, the we was that you had joined with? I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not actually a resident of Camden. 
I'm just asking, you know, just out of, uh, I think out of, I'm showing my prejudice that it, that the cause that you care about becomes you in a way. And what you, you know, your, your personal aspiration is tied up in the, the bigger vision and the inspiration and, and aspiration kind of come together in, a, in something that is not, um, not bad that it have that personal dimension to it. And it might need that personal dimension if you're going to really kind of do something like stand up and say, hey, people of Israel, this is what's happening. Takes, takes that kind of personal investment, I think. You actually have to care. Caring is hard. Let's hear one more inspiration story. What you were inspired to do. Okay, I'll tell one from this morning. Our friend Jason was talking about, uh, he's an ER nurse, and he prefaced his story. He says, all right, I'm going to tell you how I spoke in tongues this week. And he's an ER nurse, and someone came in with heart stuff, and he first did an EKG, and the next thing you do is run blood work. And he said, okay, I'm going to take some of your blood. And the woman said, no, you're not. And his normal spiel is, all right, well, you came into the ER with heart problems, and I'm just going to leave, and you can, I'll come back to you whenever you're ready to comply with medical advice because I got, you know, 50 other people here in this full ER that need my help, and they want, and they're going to do what they're told. <laughs> you know, like that's, that was his normal response. But all of a sudden, he started saying something totally different that was, that was much better and compassionate. It's like, oh, wow, you're really scared about this. And yeah, like, I get it, but I really need to do this so I can help you. And I, you know, just, count to three with me and let's, let's do this thing. Let's get it done because I want to help you. You know, he kind of, he kind of did a totally different thing and he didn't mean to, it just happened to him. It felt like otherworldly. It felt, it felt like he was like possessed even more than, more than inspired. Uh, stuff like that happens. Right. And, and I love that he just labeled it speaking in tongues. <laughs> uh, that kind of miracle is happening. Uh, and we want to be on the lookout for it. Because what we want to do is change the world with Jesus, and we're going to need new ideas, and we're going to need to do new things, things that we've never done before. And sometimes those will happen out of nowhere, and sometimes they'll come from us when we're doing a new thing, and they'll be tied up in who we are and what we want to do and what our gifts are. It's all going to be a mess. And we'll just, I love what Pat's saying, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go with it. Because that is what Peter is doing when he steps out there. You know, this is why Jesus chose Peter, because he didn't have the kind of overanalyzing sense of this. He needed someone that was just going to go with it, that was going to strike while the iron is hot, and assume the iron is hot always, which means that he probably hurt people's feelings occasionally and, you know, bashed his thumb quite a few times. Uh, but he's, he's, he's ready to move out, because when you walk, and do something is when, when the new thing uh, takes shape. It, it cannot be completely planned or, or completed before it is done. You know, that's just the nature of doing things. You got to go with it. 
You gotta, you gotta, you gotta try before you can decide if you should have done it or not. You know, prudence is not always uh, deciding not to uh, to do what you don't know the outcome of. Like, like I think you just said, Pat, it's too much of a risk not to do it. That's a good phrase, not a common one. So I want to apply the last thing I have to say, this idea of aspiration, inspiration, and that kind of uh, interplay, I think it frees us up. It frees us up to get out of our uh, self-defeating processes, uh, the, thing, the, the inhibitions that kind of stop us up. I think the Holy Spirit is like a river, all right? And it's flowing whether we like it or not. It's not something that we wield. We're not... Does Aquaman control water or just animals in water? Uh, he can control water? Okay, we're not Aquaman, like, like directing it. Um, you know, what's that? Only the sea creatures, not the water itself? All right, so the canon of DC aside, <laughs> that was not in my script, obviously. You know, we're not, the, the, the spear is not something that we like shoot out of our hands like we were a superhero that controlled water. Whoever that superhero is. Maybe Aquaman, maybe someone else. Uh, um, we, we're getting into a flow, and we are, you know, that flow flows through us, it's flowing around us, and our, our work is, is getting what, what's going to stop it from flowing out of the way. You know, uh, we're not making something happen. We're making something that isn't happening not happen anymore. <laughs> we're making this. We're, we're undoing the stops. We're, we're pulling out the the dams and the muck and the things that turn it into a bog. But we're 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 making uh, the flow happen as best as it can in in our context. And uh, this 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 idea this week about aspiration and inspiration. Kind of, it, it, it felt like something was getting pulled out for me. That I don't have to solve my basic psychology or my personality problems as I perceive them in order to do what God is calling me to do. You don't have to have it all figured out. And I think that most of us think we do. I mean, I do. And so... This is my, my inspiration this week was to, was to try to clear some of that out for myself so that I could help you clear it out for yourself or help the spirit flow through you better. So uh, I think this is an invitation to a way of seeing the world, a way of seeing yourself that is better <laughs> than 
feeling stuck, feeling damned up, feeling like, you know, there's not enough coming in. It's probably because there isn't. You're not getting enough stuff. There, there's not enough room in you and in your life to feel like any kind of freedom. With that, you know, there's, there's like your, your life is full of beavers, making dams in, in, in the flow of your, of your, of your spirit, and it's a cesspool of jardia. That's beaver fever. You know, jardia. That comes from their poop. <laughs> Sorry. Not a Frank knew what I was talking about. He, he, didn't, he didn't give me enough reaction. I needed it. Yes. Uh, the, the Eagle Scout knew. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, my invitation is to uh, see yourself in that flow. And it's you. You know, it's you. It's not some ideal version of you. It's not even, it's not like the, the, the Jesus redeemed you, the one that's perfect. It's you, who you are now. You're in that flow with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here and wants to do something with you now. And, and, and you can go for it. You can step up. You've got 11 people at your back, at least. And you can say, hey, people of Israel, this is what's happening. So I invite you to, to that kind of naming. Uh, it might not be so brash as Peter, but it, it, it is a way to, uh, to get into what the Holy Spirit is doing and, and to identifying it and, and, and identifying yourself with it, which I think is the hardest thing to do, um, will feel better and feels better to me this week. We have time for a little bit of talk about it, but I'm going to pray that that happen. And uh, then we're going to worship too. Holy Spirit flow. We need your power. We need your assignation, your, uh, your, your, your stamp upon us, your, your making, your newness. I can't find, even find the words for it, right? We need you flow in us. In Jesus' name, amen. So that I've, I've had you talking this whole time, but I just want to make sure that there's nothing that you wanted to, to get in on this as well before we, we, we put a period on this time. Just just check it. Make sure I make sure I made myself clear and uh, also just to check to see if you were inspired to say something. You know, the Holy Spirit could be doing something in you that's kind of different from what I'm doing. And I just wanna just wanna make space for that for just like a few minutes because we wanna respond with these this fire and with some songs before we leave. Yes, Dan. Um, I feel like I spend a lot of time in that that place. It's like you know, I feel like something's coming through me, you know, like I, with, with with art and music. You know, I've said this before, but it's, I don't feel like it's good unless it feels like it's coming through me. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm in touch with the spirit. Um, but I, I don't know. I just find that it's just a personal note. But I, I feel like that's really fulfilling for me. 
you know. So I spend a lot of time, I've been spending a lot of time creating, and uh, not really, not really acknowledging uh, God in that, you know. And I start to get kind of get feelings of guilt, you know, when I think about it. It kind of it takes me, um, it makes me feel disconnected from God because I'm just kind of like I'm doing my thing. In the moment, it's just like, it feels so good to be creating, you know, but kind of like, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of how to approach that without this guilt and shame and this, like, what you're talking about, this idealized, like, here's Dan, perfect, redeemed Dan, you know what I mean? Like, how do I, how do I be that kid while being in the muddy waters, you know? Yeah. Well, I think I, my, my knee-jerk reaction to that is you got to, it has to have an output. You're getting a lot of input. You're kind of made for input. Yeah. You're you're a special creature. That feeling of getting and 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 having that happen yeah. is strong in you. Yeah. Uh, but having a, a clear vision for how it gets out, you know, yeah. and maybe not maybe not just that doesn't might not just mean like how do people see my work, how do people appreciate my music, but it but how does it line up with the the bigger flow? of the Holy Spirit, you know, having a clear vision for how this all lines up, yeah. you know, a manifesto for your life, maybe, yeah. how, my, how my art is going to change the world. Right. I mean, it, it is that grandiose. It's, it's kind of like a people of Israel, this is what's happening in Dan McGowan's life. You know, I think, I think that that matters. I have an idea about what is going to happen. This is the flow. You might be wrong. It doesn't even matter. It, but you, you're making an outlet. You're making sure that you, you don't live in a, in, a, in a swamp. Kendra. saying is that there are a million doors every day and 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 the one that you see that you don't go through the, that's the problem because you only saw that one um, but there are there will be others when you don't when you don't go through the door there's another one you just get your eyes wider you know get a new idea about how what, what a door even looks like you know like I think that our our identification of door like that skill is very limited, but the Holy, not for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can make anything out of anything. And uh, don't beat yourself up when you didn't get 
when you didn't do it. Uh, that's really what I'm saying. You know, look for the next door because there is one. The the Holy Spirit makes doors. Main job. I, I talking about that kind of brought some clarity for what I was trying to say earlier. We often think maybe it's inspiration and then you must aspire to do, like you were saying, because you have to do it. But I'm saying that it's like a sandwich all the time, that, that it's, you might aspire first. I want to do this thing and then God will need to make it possible. Or you might be inspired and then you have to figure out, well, how is this possible? And you'll have to struggle to make the, your vision come true. And that's just how it is. You know, that they're they're parallel, aspiration and inspiration, not sequential. That might have been the whole thing of what I was trying to say. Uh, but it took me that long to get to it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to me. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.